Hi, everyone. I'm Laurel Simmons, and welcome to another episode of the Right Club podcast. My co-host today is Catherine Nelson-Riley. And Catherine, today our guest is Drew Toss of uh, Elevated Living. Yes, it's always exciting when we have Drew on. He's been not only on at our national events, but also our podcast, because he is so in, invested in the world of developing and building, but thinks outside the box. And he brings us the information about what's going on with the, the banks across Canada, what grant money is available, what the municipalities are doing. So this is such a great interview that we made it a two-parter. Well, that's right. And there's lots of great information about the factors that we have to think of, not just as developers, but when you're investing, what you have to look at, especially if you're interested in, in investing in development, but also just regular, whether it's houses or multis, these are things that you really need to think about. So let's go to the interview. But before we do, Catherine, what do we say? Where do we tell people to go? Grow with us and customize your life. Come on over to the www.therightclub.com where you will find literally thousands of hours of complimentary resources for you. All righty then. Let's go listen to Drew. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hi, Drew, and welcome back to the Right Club Podcast. Great to have you here again. Hey, Laurel and Catherine. Great to be back. We just, just finished a good holiday season, and it's always great to catch up and have some conversations, talk about what's going on in the market and how things are doing with real estate investing. Yeah, so it's been, well, the, what's the, the proverb or the Chinese curse or whatever it is? That you live in interesting times or something like that. No pain, no We're gain. Interesting <laughs> times. These are and interesting times. I'm not saying times, anything bad eh? about the Chinese. I promise. It's just may you live in interesting times. What's going on where you are? What's happening in your world? Well, I'll tell you, I think as most people do personally and as a business, we've recently just taken account of 2023. What's the good? What's the bad? What's the learning lessons? And based on our five-year plan, digesting the changes and looking ahead at what's coming, that's really what we've been spending a lot of our time on. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that with you, what I'm seeing in the market, what, what we're doing to adapt and evolve, and where we are setting our sights moving into 2024. And as you said, it's interesting times and interesting times, I think, give interesting opportunities. And 2023 was, I think, a very pessimistic year. It was a challenging year. I mean, I know that for us, we really had an explanation point on the importance of cash reserves and floating a lot of high interest payments on our land development and some of our other projects. So I think that 2023 was a, a good year, but a challenging year for many. And I think that as you pull out of it, and you're talking about Proverbs, about learning and growing and evolving and becoming better, there were certainly lots of learning lessons. So 
Why don't we jump into some of the things that we're seeing in the market from our perspective as a developer and builder? Yeah, I think that's exactly what I was going to ask you. You're reading my mind. Like, let, let's go there. Let's let what's happening and what do you say? Yes, we're connected on a mind level. I love it. I'm picking them up. I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. So I think when I'm going to talk about stuff that I think will be uh, obvious to a lot of the listeners, but I think it's still important to mention. So I'm going to start with the RBC puts out a report and they put out a report across Canada for the affordability index. And they said that in December, it hit the worst that it's ever been for Canadians affording homes. And so I'm talking with my hands, which I don't need to do. And I knocked my mic off there for anybody listening. Anyway, listening. Anyways, I'm back. So we've always looked at a rule of a percentage, right? A percentage of Canadians' income that is spent on their housing, right? And and for many years, we had this ideal of 30%, which has been, that needle has been pushed and moved over the last eight years based on some of the different demographics. And so whether people are renting or people are owning homes, that percentage of how much you spend on your income or housing, that needle has moved. And that needle has moved significantly, whether it's 40% or 50% or some even as high as 60%. And I'm going to share about the different drivers that we're seeing that I don't believe that percentage is going to change anytime soon. I believe that percentage that we spend as Canadians on our housing is going to be a new number that's going to be a bit of a new standard. So what am I talking about? What are the drivers in the market that are causing this percentage of what we spend on our housing uh, to be so high. So the first one that we've really experienced is interest rates, right? Anybody that had a set mortgage, that's obviously increased. And as we look forward, 2024, there's lots of talk, positive talk about interest rates coming down. And so I think the question that a lot of us are asking is, how much will it actually come down. And and none of us really know. We don't have a crystal ball. But I'm anticipating that we will have a decrease, which is going to bring the market back. I think that's going to be great, increase our activity. But I don't see Bank of Canada dropping back to those really low interest rates that we experienced over the last eight years, I'm going to say, over that key time. And so I think that the percentage of interest that we pay on mortgages as Canadians is going to be higher over the next few years. And that's something that we have to accept as part of a new norm. The other I, two, I, want, I just want to yeah. jump in there because yes, the higher rates are going to be part of the new norm, except that this last eight years, as you were saying, with, with lower interest rates, five, eight, five years or eight years, whatever it was, that yes. was out of the norm. That was not normal. Interest rates at 2% were not normal. Yes. Uh, up until the last um, big interest rate drop, that, that period, interest rates were around 5, 6, 7, even 8%. This is, so what was normal then, 
became not normal. And what the new normal was these really low rates. And now we're going back to normal. So in, when you look at it in terms of um, more than just a, a year or two, when you look back over the decades, maybe even 100 years, I mean, you can't really say that. Well, I guess the question is, how much is that really affecting the shortage of housing and the cost of construction development? Because these interest rates were low for such a short period of time. Yeah, fair comment. Like, what is the normal that is being gauged that I'm talking about? And you're talking about, you're right. If you look 100 years, if you look 30 years, the the 2% or some of us getting the 1.8% on the mortgages, et cetera, that was an all-time low. That was a historic low period. So if you look at it over a longer term, you're absolutely right. It seems more like it's returning to normal. When my comments about that are saying that is one factor, and when I'm comparing it to the last eight years, that is going to be a driver that's going to increase cost. But your comment is completely right. And I, over the larger perspective, it is more of a returning to normal. And it's interesting, like, a lot of the guys that I talk to in my sector or some of my mentors, planners, engineers, et cetera, yeah, they're like, Drew, this this is the new normal is still low compared to what we experienced and what we've done and and properties were bought and sold and there was a normal of what it was. So no, very good comment. I'd like to shift and talk a bit more about a few other drivers that I think are gonna continue to keep prices at a at a, at a, at a certain amount. Government fees is the next sort of facet that I would like to talk about. Any thoughts or comment on government fees for housing? Okay, we, we're not going to swear <laughs> on that. <laughs> Hot potato. <laughs> However, on the one hand, government always needs money, and they very rarely roll back fees that they've already put in place, right? That very rarely happens. They get used yes. to a certain level of income or revenue, right. and then they keep it. But at the same time, I find it very odd that the governments want to encourage developers and more housing units being built, and yet they don't lower the fees that are associated with that. And those fees can be quite horrendous. People don't realize how what a big chunk some of those fees can take out of the out of the budget when you're developing. So it's like one hand is doing one thing and the other hand is saying another, and they don't meet. Yes. No, good point. So from my perspective as a developer and a creator of new housing, every year we're seeing increase, right? So in my inbox in the month of December from the municipalities that I do business with in, in the region, I'm getting emails that are saying development charges increase several thousand. I'm getting emails that are saying our application fees for site plan approval, for zoning changes, for draft plan of subdivision, all of those fees are going up. And I'm sure everybody's aware of as well, there's been a lot of press and a lot of people paying attention to property taxes. And there's been a lot of municipal council debates about how much taxes need to be increased, right? Because we need more and better services and the costs costs of things have gone up. And so across the board, you're seeing 
different municipalities increase, right? 6%, 7%. And as we know, Toronto announced 10% with possibility of another six. And so my point in bringing that up is the fact that those drivers of cost increase for producing new housing, I don't see changing. We've had consistent increase on those, and I don't see those coming down anytime soon. So that's another ingredient in the in the cake of increasing the cost of housing or it com- completing, right? And St. Catharines came at 10% increase, and I believe 15% increase for rural. So we're seeing large increases across the board, and that's all going to impact the cost of housing. Another driver is the material cost over COVID. I know everybody's talked about it. This is not new news. Material cost came up quite high and definitely they flatlined now, but we really have not seen any decrease in our material costs. And so hoping now that the market has contracted and it's slowed down, that we'd see some relief in those material costs on construction, but we really haven't seen any decreases there. Another key driver is labor costs. Now, interesting enough, if you think of a trickle effect, right? Immediately when interest rates went up, right? People paying those mortgages had an impact to their cash. And then we saw the number of purchases of new homes slow down. And then we saw people building, right? Our builders, developers building less houses. And then we saw some development stuff slow down, people sitting on land instead of servicing. There was a chart I read out of Hamilton that there was 2,000 units put on hold. And I can't off the top of my head think of the other municipalities. That one stuck out. It was the number one. And so a lot of developers and builders in my industry have said, you know what? We're not going to build right now when interest rates are really high and try to go to market when none of the sales are happening. You know what? We're going to sit on it. And so that's contracted supply a bit as well. And going back now to labor costs, we're finally starting to see the trickle down of some of our trades slowing down. And so that's starting to get more competitive. Over the last six months, I've had calls come where there was consultants and there was tradespeople actually looking for work. Hey, Drew, do you got any work? Hey, Drew, do you got a roof to do? Hey, Drew, we'd love to service this site. And over the last five years, we've always been chasing them and looking for that. Finally, now we've seen it sort of trickle down to that trade aspect. So we've seen a, a bit of that happen. So, Can I ask you a question? Can we go yes. back just one? Because you talked about material cost, mm-hmm. and there are, well, there's many economic factors, right? Including, but not limited to wars all over the planet. And the supply chain is still broken in a lot of places, just economic chaos everywhere. Right? I don't want to be negative, but, you know, when you look at it at a macro level, that's what's happening. So what kind of material costs are you seeing specifically in terms of, of your development? I mean, is it is it lumber? Is it, oh, I don't know, copper wiring? Is it, give us some idea here. Yeah, so specifically metal supply, concrete supply, lumber supply, 
copper for the electrical that we run, all of those materials, flooring supply, none of those materials have we seen any decrease in. Now, the good news, we got programmed to this consistent increase, but we have not, we've seen a flat line, which was definitely positive, but we haven't seen a decrease. And I was anticipating that there would be a bit more of a decrease as the market contracted more on the material side. So we have a drywall. I didn't mention drywall has not come down. And that obviously these are the, a lot of the key ingredients to our build. And I mentioned concrete right now. We have a couple large concrete and steel buildings. Um, we've got construction drawings being prepared for some of our next ones. So we'll be out to tender in late spring again. And I'll have a, a, a fresh update on costing then. But the, these are the things that we're seeing right now. Now, you talk about cost of housing and that when it feels like a bit more of a perceived negative. But I want to transition a bit now and talk about opportunity and evolution and what I see on the horizon and how we're, you know, positioning ourselves because of these things. On one hand, the maintain the maintaining of value in our real estate, I think is good. There's investors uh, listening. I'm an investor myself, constructor developer. We don't really want to see a massive drop in the values of our housing. So on one hand, it's good news. On another hand, it's not great news for new immigrants coming to the to Canada. It's not great news for younger generations trying to get into the housing market, but it is good for maintaining value. And the majority of Canadians, as we know, the number one thing that drives their net worth up or down is their real estate ownership. So transitioning to 2024, thoughts of what's on the horizon. I, and I'm going to volley some stuff back over to you. I have been reading finally tons of optimistic, good reports in the media. Like for the last year and a bit, it's just been a probably like, ah, it's crashing. Oh, Canadian bubble and oh, interest rates up, et cetera. Right. It's been, it's been a, a bad time. And we've seen that impact a lot of investors where they've been freezing and not wanting to move and concern and rightfully so just negative constant in the media. But I'm very happy to start reading head economists of TD and head economists of Desjardins predicting 250 basis points drop next year or 150 basis points drop and BMO and then reports from Bank of Canada. Like the the concern, obviously, about all the mortgages coming due and et cetera. But what we're seeing is finally sort of the end of this interest increase and interest rate decrease on the rise, uh, which we all know is tied to activity in the market. So I'm quite excited uh, to read those reports. We knew it was coming. We never know how long it's going to be. And we still don't know exactly when those um, drops will be. But I'm very optimistic and anticipating drops in 2024. And that paired with the fact that our supply, this huge supply issue has not gone away. The fact that the amount of number of immigrants coming has not gone away. This demand is here to stay and our higher cost of housing and our slow production of it, I don't see going away anytime soon. When to go back to the interest rate piece, establishing our new normal for this next season is starting to happen. 
There's rumblings of it. You talk about perspective, I guess. Yeah, it isn't high in perspective, but the new normal after we were spoiled for eight years of really low interest. So I think that before I go there, I wanted to ask you guys as well about what you're reading and what your feelings are moving into 2024 with some of the new media stuff that's coming out. Well, I, I keep an eye on what's going on in the States because obviously what happens there affects us, right? And they have said that they they expect the Fed to drop the, the rates there. I think that's, I think, a good thing because we do tend to follow suit. However, I just want to throw something in here and I just want your opinion on this. Uh, I will always, not always, I sometimes wonder if we are heading towards a more European model of interest and mortgages, because they have 100-year mortgages over there, right? They're multi-generational mortgages. So when someone buys a home, that home might be mortgaged for 100 years and the generations will stay there and pay it off. Do you think we'll ever see anything like that here? Yeah, great, great thought. And it's something that we talk about, actually, because if what I'm saying comes to pass, that this new cost of housing was here to stay, then what are the key drivers that we can move to help get more people into housing? Alrighty. So, Drew, where can people reach you? Because I'm sure that they there's going to be people who want to reach out to you and say, hey, can we talk? And what investment opportunities do you have? I and mean, there's all kinds of things. So how can they reach you? Yeah, you know what? We'd love to have a conversation. We have uh, opportunities for people to invest. You can reach me at, first I'll give the websites. It's elevateliving.ca and it's elevatelivingre.ca. The best email to reach out, I will give my direct email. It's drew, D-R-E-W, at elevateliving.ca. We'd love to have a conversation. We can share with you guys what we're up to. We have tours of our projects on a monthly basis now, and we're starting to have monthly webinars to chat about investment opportunities as well. So if you pop to the website, we'd love to talk to you. Or if you just want to talk market, we're always available and having a passionate discussion about what's going on. So we'd love to hear from you. And we do have a real estate investment trust that's focused on a lot of the strategies and the things that I've been talking about as well. So if people are interested in that, it's RSP, TFSA, registered funds as well. So we're interesting. We're, we're available and uh, can chat about that as well. So, Okay. One last question for you before we go. Yes. What are you doing for fun this week? <laughs> what am I doing for fun this week? Well, I'll yeah. tell you, last week I was in Costa Rica and I had a whole lot of fun and this week is pretty nose to the grind. We got a, a tour on on Sunday. So the fun this week will be playing Lego with my son. Would I wake up early in the morning and probably spending some time with my daughter watching a movie? And that's what the fun will look like this this week because I had a lot of it last week and this week is nose to the grind. So yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Those little things, they're the most those are the things you remember. Those are the important things. Like we were saying earlier. The little things, the memories, that's what's important. So anyway, thank you so very much, Drew. It's been fabulous as always. And although it's cold outside, you know what? So what? There's lots of positive things coming in our way and the sun always comes up every day, doesn't it? You got it. You got it. And it's what we make of it, right? So. Right. Thank you.
Take care, guys. Hey, Catherine, I always like listening to Drew and listening to him talk. He's so knowledgeable and he really thinks big, doesn't he? It's not, well, he has an interesting combination of big and small. I really like how his thoughts intertwine because he talks about the smaller housing up to the, the big housing units and everything in between and how everything pulls together. So really great interview, but this is only part one. So everyone, let's, next time you're onto the, our podcast, go listen to part two because there's even more great information. Until then, let's customize our lives. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.